and we are able to turn. We'll be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6. Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6. And I desire your prayers this morning that the Lord would help us as we endeavor to preach today to be a help and a blessing to you. I'm just going to try my best to give you what's on my heart, what the Lord's put there. And I've been uh, excited about getting to the house of God this morning. And the Lord's been working in my heart, and I don't want to ever take that lightly or take that for granted. And uh, about as excited this morning to be in the house of the Lord as I've been in some time. Not that there haven't been other times, but uh, just something special this morning working in my heart. And uh, I'm grateful for all the Lord's doing. I'm grateful for that He's done. And I appreciate the prayers that have been prayed and the prayers the Lord has answered. I appreciate the prayers that have been prayed for me. I know uh, that there have been prayers prayed. Many of you have prayed for me and I've uh, felt those prayers. And uh, it's been a very pleasant time preparing for the service this morning. I don't know if that means anything to you or does anything for you, but it does for me. Uh, the Lord has uh, worked in me more to be able to preach this morning. And I, I don't even know how to get the words across to explain to you what I felt in my heart and the peace in me and how the Lord's worked it all together. And it was mentioned this morning about weak faith. Brother Tim mentioned it in Sunday school this morning and what he said Wednesday night in the service when he testified about the Lord answering prayer. A lot of times it's just how we are because we live in the flesh. And I'm not making excuses, it's just the reality that God does things and then we're amazed uh, when we feel like we already know that He can and has done these things in the past. And so the Lord's been working on my end and I hope He's been working on yours and we'll work this morning in our hearts together. We'll lead better than we come. But out of all the things the Lord has done and how I felt in my heart and and just the, it's a miracle I guess if you want to put it that way, the way I felt, felt good in my heart about the service this morning, knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to preach, and then Brother Tim dealt this morning in Sunday school with prayer, and he called the book of James chapter 5, and it kind of amazed me, even though it shouldn't, because I already knew what the Lord was doing, and I just appreciate the Lord putting all these things together, and so I want to read from Matthew chapter 6, and I want to preach on prayer this morning. If God will help me, and it's what's on my heart, and you'll pray for me this morning. Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, let's stand together, if you're able and willing to do so, out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Matthew chapter 6, I want to begin reading in verse number 5, very, very familiar portion of Scripture here. This is the Lord speaking personally while He's on the earth, This part of this Sermon on the Mount, as we call it, Matthew chapter 6. And verse 5, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. 
and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I said already I want to preach this morning and deal with the subject of prayer. And I feel more sure about the message this morning than I have in a long time about any other. And I'm going to be 100% open and honest with you that I'm going to preach from my heart and be real personal this morning because that's the way God's put it on my heart to be. I understand and realize that when we look at this thing of prayer and consider to preach or to teach or to instruct or how to deal with the subject of prayer, we must admit that the subject of prayer is an inexhaustible subject. You could never ever, we could start now and spend years dealing with the subject of prayer and never exhaust everything that even the Bible has to say about what prayer is, what it consists of, what it brings about, how God works in it, how it encourages and strengthens the people of God, how it's a weapon of our warfare. For if you study the book of Ephesians, the weapons do not stop with the sword of the Spirit. Don't many stop there, but it goes on. The next part is praying, therefore, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit for all saints. That is as much a part of the weaponry that God has gifted the people of God. Prayer is as the sword of the Spirit, as the helmet of salvation, is the weapon of prayer. A long time ago, growing up, I heard the song and a group locally sung it, and I'm sure others did that song. That song, let us trust and use the weapon of prayer. It is a weapon. It is a resource, a very much untapped resource that you and I, as the people of God, have this morning. Probably the greatest resource that the people of God have in our day and in any day is the availability that we can pray to our God. I want to say that prayer in these days, and I'm going to preach to you how God has preached to me. I want to, I'm not going to say this morning that God's just put this message on my heart. It's there, but He has preached to me, preached to me last night, and told me what to preach to you, and I'm going to be just real open and real honest, and I'm going to look in the Scriptures. I, I'm just going to tell you how God told it to me that prayer has become too formalized in our day. Prayer has become overcomplicated in our day. Many people have been negatively affected 
by the overformalization of prayer and the overcomplication of prayer. We are not approaching God like He's some far out distant being when we pray. It was a blessed day in my life. I'm going to just be honest this morning, preach. For much of my life as a saved person, I'm going to be real open and real honest. People say you ought not be that way. Well, if God says to be, there ain't no other way I know to be. For a big majority of the beginning of my saved life, all of my praying was very ritualistic and formal. And I think that it is a plague of our church age that that's the majority of the people of God, that's the only type of praying they know is formal prayer. That we have a routine that we go through and we have words that we say and a process that we pray. And I'm not saying necessarily that there's anything wrong with that, but that is the, the thing that is wrong is that that's the only type of prayer that the majority of the people of God know in this day. We feel like we have to approach God that way. We feel like that when we pray, we have to treat Him. And I'm not doing any disrespect to Him. You understand me well and hear me well this morning. I'm not being irreverent. But we feel like that we have to approach Him and talk to Him like He's some supreme being and He is. And that we're just way down here on the bottom and we are. But that's not the relationship that the people of God have with God in prayer. It's a very personal thing. And I feel that prayer has become a routine that is so formal and that has been so overcomplicated in our day that it's a routine that many of the people of God don't even do because they feel it's too complicated to pray. They go and there's nothing there because it's all a ritual and it's all a routine. They go and they feel like it's just words that are being said and nothing ever. And I understand and all of this, I believe 100% what was said in the Sunday school is right. I believe that what God has done for our little church, I want us to be very well keenly aware of the fact that God has been hearing the prayers prayed of our little church and He's been answering. And I believe that all of that, that this has stemmed from that. I didn't know what to preach this morning until last night. I'll be 100% honest with you. I just sat down and said, God, I need to know what you want me to say to my people and your people tomorrow. And God said, well, I've been answering prayers. Why don't you talk to them a little bit about prayer tomorrow? And it began to work in my heart. And God's answering prayer. And we better not let up now. But we're going to have to understand it. We're going to keep ourselves motivated. And we're going to fight the battle. There is a battle. A prayer takes work. A prayer takes effort being put forth. But if God can change our viewpoint, if God can change our focus about what prayer really is, if we can lose the ritualistic part, if we can lose the formality, if we can lose lose the routine and get down to the relationship that's birthed in prayer. It will change our praying forever. The majority of my life, my Christian life, a long time, 
For a long time in my ministry, even after I started preaching, the majority of my praying was formal and ritualistic. I found myself going to my prayer place and you ought to have one. I'm not knocking that. I do have one. Some have been open and honest about theirs that they have to move and change it. And I have the same one. I, that, that's just, I've tried to pray, pray other places and I just can't. I've got my place and I'm glad for my place. But even in that place, there have been days and times and hours that it's just been nothing more than a routine. It was a blessed day in my life. When God helped me, wasn't anything I did, God helped me break the formality of prayer and taught me about real personal praying. And now I'll be 100% honest with you and I try to go to my prayer place and I try to pray every day but the majority of my praying is not done in the prayer place or the majority of my praying throughout the day is done throughout the day just when I feel impressed in my spirit or to pray I just kind of begin I don't have to bow my head I don't have to close my eyes we become, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that and understand it's a sense of reverence that we bow we bow our head, we bow our knees we close our eyes it's a part of revering God showing him honor and reverence but we are being beat to death and convinced that's the only way to pray when it's not I pray going down the road in the car and you sure can't bow your head and close your eyes when you're driving a car and I've got a hold of God better there than times in my prayer place there have been days that I've been at work busy about my day and a call's come or a text has come and said will you pray and I couldn't exactly leave or go away and I just kind of in my heart and in the, under my breath I said Lord you know about this situation Father will you hear will you help and I've seen God answer those prayers too we have convinced ourselves that it has to be a formality and a routine and it does not that's right we could run reference after and the reason I said this morning that the, the subject of prayer is inexhaustible is we could run reference after reference after reference. We could go to the book of James that was taught on in Sunday school this morning about the worth of prayer. I believe that's what James is talking about. That prayer is worth more than anything you and I could ever examine, ever understand. One old writer said to know the word of prayer that it's far beyond any value or estimation of any man could ever give it's more precious than diamonds and rubies and pearls is this weapon this access we have to God of prayer we could run reference after reference and go to other scriptures where people prayed we could go to the book of Daniel and look at Daniel's praying and what happened and what it brought about and how God was glorified and God was honored we could go to other places where people prayed. We could talk about Elijah like James did and bring about that subject, that man that stood on Carmel against those prophets and they prayed and nothing happened and then Elijah prayed and the fire fell from heaven. We could go all throughout the Word of God and the whole Bible is full of the process and the power that is in prayer. But I feel in my spirit this morning that I want to stay within these verses. I feel like that, and I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm just trying to say what's on my heart. And it's hard for me. 
how to give you my heart sometimes. Not that I don't want to, but it's sometimes hard for me to get it out like God's put it in me. And I've prayed and asked him to let me preach to you like he preached to me. It's helped me more than about anything I've experienced in some time. But what God done in my heart last night, I was excited about studying. I was excited about preaching. I was excited about coming to the house of God and sharing with you because it had helped my heart already and I knew it could help you too if God would help me get it out to you this morning. I feel like if we, we could stay within these verses here, our blessed Lord, while He's on the earth is speaking here. These words are in red. I think He covers everything that I need to cover about prayer in these verses that were read this morning. I want to say first of all, I have three things God put on my heart. I'm going to give them to you by His help and then we'll go to the house. But I trust that God will do something for us and among us while we're here together. But the first thing the Lord did is He issued a warning about praying. He said, don't be like the Pharisees. That has to do with being seen while you pray. He said, don't be like them. They like to pray in the streets or in the corner of the synagogue where they can be heard of all men. He said, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. In other words, he said, Don't pray to be seen. He said, If that's the only reason you're praying, that's all you're going to get out of it is to be seen. Many people in our day it's a shame to say, but it is the truth. They pray just so they can be seen. They pray just so that they can use their words and their oratory to amaze and astound the people. And God said, if that's the only reason that you're praying, that's all you're going to get out of it. And He's not going to hear. And He's not going to answer. He said they have their reward. It has to do with being seen. But then he said, and I'm going to admit to you 100% truth this morning. I never understood this verse until the Lord showed it to me last night. And it's so simple and elementary, but it really, I mean, it was like a lightning bolt went through my soul. And I hope that it does the same for you. But he said, don't be like the Pharisees. But then he said, don't be like the heathen. He said, for they feel like they use repetitious prayer. That's what he said here in this verse, verse number 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. For they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. Now, I'm going to tell you how I always thought about this verse, and then I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost put in me last night. I always thought about this verse in link with the Pharisees that they thought that they could use their big words and their long prayers and that they would be heard at men. And that's why they prayed long prayers. That's not what the Lord said. He already covered the Pharisees. They're done and gone. He said the Pharisees pray so they can be seen at the end in the street corners and in the synagogues. They want everybody to see them in their work. But now he says, don't be like the heathen, which are a totally different group of people than the Pharisees. 
the heathen are those people on the outside. The heathen are those people that don't know anything about the true God. The heathen are all those in the Old Testament that we read about that served false gods and worshipped idols. So we read about Egypt and God working there and bringing the children of Israel. God said that he would execute his judgment on the gods of Egypt. That's the heathen. And the Lord said they used vain repetition. I looked up that word vain repetition. And it means to babble. It means to just go on and on and on without it ever making really any sense. They just talk. And they just talk and talk and repeat themselves. There's no purpose. There's no work in it. There's no idea about it. There's no real mindset or logic. They just babble to be babbling. You say, what does that have to do with anything? Well, look what the Lord said. He said, for they think that because of their long speaking, they shall be heard. I want you to understand this. Because maybe you hadn't seen it like, like the Lord showed it to me before. Maybe I'm not the only one. The Lord's not saying here they think they'll be heard of men. The Lord is saying they think that they got to pray these long, drawn-out prayers for their God to hear them. Right. Yes, sir. You say, you got him by for that? I think I do. I think we can go to Elijah on Mount Carmel when he's against the prophets of Baal. And they have cried from morning until evening, Oh, Baal, hear us! They're not praying these long prayers for all the people to hear them on Mount Carmel. They're trying to get Baal's attention. And they feel like they have to pray all these long, drawn-out prayers because to them there's some nothing, or some little nothing down here on the earth and their God's some way off distant being with ultimate power that they have no relationship with. He doesn't care about them. He doesn't have affection toward them. And they have to pray these long prayers and suffer so that they might be heard of their God. But we're not that way. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? We're not that way. Our God's not that way. We don't have to earn our place into His favor. And we can't earn our place in His favor. But He looks down in mercy and compassion upon us. We don't have to pray like the heathen do. Our God is not like their God. So there's a warning. But then there's a work. A prayer. Jesus is going to speak about what it is to pray. And the first thing he says about it is that prayer is private work. He said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees in the synagogues. And don't be like the heathen that have their long prayers. But he said, when you pray, enter in to thy closet and shut the door. And pray in secret. See, this thing of prayer is a private work between us and our God. I understand, thank God, that we can request prayer and we can come together and, and assemble together around the altar in the church and we can pray together, we can pray collectively, but do you understand that even though we are praying collectively, each individual is praying privately to their God. 
And I don't know if you've ever, I'm just preaching my heart this morning. I don't know if you've ever stopped or got done praying and tried to listen to everybody else pray. But I'm going to tell you, unless you're right beside somebody who can really hear what they're praying, when you're up here where I am and I, maybe sometimes I get done and others are praying or I've been in meetings where there's been hundreds in attendance and maybe a hundred in the altar, you know what it sounds like? A roar. But you know it doesn't sound like that to God. He can hear this one while he's praying, this one while she's praying, this one while they're praying, and that one while they're praying. Even though everybody is praying at the same time, and everybody may be praying about the same time, and everybody may be in a collective effort, it is still a private work, a personal work between them and their God. Prayer is not a public thing. I understand that sometimes as we do here at the church we receive the offering or we gather around the altar we stand to pray and someone's called on to pray and they lead a, a public prayer but one writer said a public prayer oh, will never do anything more than the private prayer that has come before it what he meant by that is if we're not praying privately then nothing will ever come of our public praying and when we pray in public, it's not that we can be seen. And it's not that we can be heard. And it's not that we're trying to use big words or long speeches or to be able to be heard of our God or we're earning our way into His favor. It's that we're praying for our people, for our loved ones, for our families, for individuals collectively, privately, all at the same time to a God that hears what we're saying. So prayer is a private work. But here's where it really got me. I mean, started turning somersaults in my soul. Is that the Lord said prayer is a personal work. I want you to hear what He says here in the Scripture. He said, now He's already said, don't pray like the Pharisees, the hypocrites. Don't pray like the heathen who are not accepted, who feel like their God is way off yonder. But listen what the Lord says. But thou, verse number 6, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father. Now he could have said, pray to thy God. And that would have been fine. That would have been accurate. That's who we're praying to. We're praying to our God. But the Lord makes it a personal point here. When you're praying, you're talking to your Father. He said, so prayer is a personal thing. It's a personal relationship between you as a child and God as our Father. And when we pray, this is where I'm going to try my best by the help of the Lord to link what I said in the beginning about prayer being formal and prayer being ritualistic and prayer being a routine. And it's more than that. A prayer is a relationship. And if we can ever see it that way, it's not that we're approaching some far off God that doesn't care about us and we have to impress Him with our words or our devotion or our honesty or our righteousness. It has nothing to do with us. It's the fact that we're His children and He's our Father. That's the type of relationship we have in prayer. And I feel like I was so excited last night. I'm just going to be honest with you. 
You can think bad of me, you can think foolish of me, whatever you want to think, I don't really care. I know what was on my heart. I felt so good last night I called Brother Yoker. I said, I've got to talk to you just a minute. I want you to hear what I have to say. And I got to talking to him about the heathen verse and about this personal verse. And we got to talking and he made a statement. Boy, it really resounded. I believe it's the will of God for me to call him. And he made a statement. He said, it'd be like our children are coming to us like we're some dignitary or ruler of a foreign country. And we look at them and say, what are you doing? And it clicked in my heart. I wonder if God don't do the same thing. We gather around the altar, we go to our prayer place, or we bow our head, or whatever we do, and we treat him like he. And I, I'm not saying do him any irreverence. That's not what I'm saying, but treat him as our father. It's not being irreverent. That's what he is. And the Bible said, as men as received him, out of them gave he power to become the sons of God. We're his children. That's what Jesus said. He was his father. And he said he's not just my father, but he's your father. When you pray, pray to your father. I wonder if God don't do the same thing. When we come and we're so formalistic and routine and ritualistic, I wonder if God in heaven don't say, what are you doing? Why are you saying these things? Why are you praying this way? I'm not some far off being. You don't serve a God like the heathen do. I'm your father. You're my children. Just tell me what you need to tell me. My children don't come to me and, and begin to call off accolades and tell me what I've done and where I went to school and what my grade point average was and how much money I make and all these things. My children don't do that. They just come and say, Daddy. That's all they got to say. Yeah. I understand. I don't want you to get me wrong this morning. I don't think anybody will because the Lord's in this. He's in my heart helping me this morning to try to help you. God don't need us to tell Him how good He is, how much power He has. He knows that. He just wants us to deal with Him as our Father. Amen. not talking about not bragging on Him. That's in a time for praise. But what about when you pray? When you really, really need the Lord. If my children really, really need something, they don't beat around the bush. And they ought not to have to. If they really, really need something, I'm their dad. I'm their father. It's up to me to take care of them. Why would our Heavenly Father be any different? He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give to them that ask Him? It's always, prayer is always related to Him as our Father. He's our Father. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is our mediator. He is the supreme ruler of the universe. He is the all-knowing God. He is the all-powerful God. He is the almighty God. But when it's time to pray, He's our Father. It's a personal work. My children tell me things. Tell me and my wife things. And problems that they won't tell any of you. You know why? Because we're their parents. I'm going to tell you something, our Heavenly Father. You can tell Him any problem you got. When you can't tell anybody else, you can tell Him. When nobody else understands, 
He understands. Paul said, We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You say, What does that mean? Well, in layman's terms and boil it down in our mountain terminology, it means that what you're going through, He's already been through everything you'll face. He knows how it feels. And you can never go to God and tell Him He don't understand. He understands it all. And He cares. That's what Peter said. He careth for you. Somebody wrote a song, if it matters to you, it matters to the Master. And that's wonderful. I love that song. But I'll take it one step further and say if it matters to you, it matters to the Father. I mean, that does the Master part, it does my heart good. But the Father part does my heart even better. That He's my Father. I'm His child. He loves me. Even when I do wrong. Even when I'm not what I ought to be. Even when I fall. Even when I mess up. He still loves me. It's a private work. It's a personal work. This work of prayer here in the Scriptures. I want to say that prayer is a purposeful work. Jesus then, and it's recorded in other Gospels, one of the Gospels precedes this prayer that Jesus gives. It's preceded by His disciples asking Him, to teach them to pray. And He gives what we call the model prayer. I do not believe that the Lord said for us to repeat this every time we pray. I don't believe that's what He meant. I don't believe the Lord meant every time we pray we're to get down and use these exact words. But the Lord gives context about how to pray. The Lord gives a plan And He shows that prayer is to have a purpose. There's no idle words in prayer. Oh, I understand sometimes we stammer and stumble. At least I do. I don't know if you do. And sometimes I don't even know what to say. But I'm glad the Bible has place and preparation for that. Let the Spirit itself make us intercessions for groanings which cannot be uttered. I'm glad there are times when I don't even know what to pray. God already knows. That's what the Lord told His disciples here and those that were looking on and listening. He said, you're not like the heathen whose God doesn't care and God don't know. But He said, your Father knows what you have need of before you even ask Him. personal thing but it's a purposeful thing and the Lord began to show them how to pray and everything he said in his model prayer had a purpose it wasn't just idle words but he was asking for the Lord's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven he was asking for needs to be met he was asking for forgiveness of sins he was asking for help to live right he was showing us that we needed all these things there is a purpose in prayer true prayer Now the heathen, they have no purpose. They're just trying to get their God to hear them. And the Pharisees and the hypocrites, their only purpose is to be seen of men. But our purpose, regardless of what it is at that time we need, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what's going on in our life, regardless of our family situation, regardless of how much money is or is not in the bank, regardless of how good or bad our health condition is at the time, our is to have that relationship that communication between us and our Father 
That's our purpose. And so the Lord gives a warning about praying. And the Lord speaks about the work, what it is, how it is that we're to pray. But then the Lord gives a wonder. The wonder about praying. And this is what He said, and I'm done this morning. He said in verse number 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. That's the wonder of prayer. That God answers prayer. He said nobody has to know what went on between you and your God. He does not say don't ask others to help you pray. Matter of fact, if we were to go to Galatians, the Bible said we're to bear one another's burdens. The book of James that was read in Sunday school this morning said confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. So it's not that we're secretive about our needs. But when we pray to God, we don't come in and say, I want to tell y'all what I told God. We don't rehearse our prayers. We pray in secret. We have that special time, that relationship. We do have a relationship between one another because we're saved and we're in the same family. But the relationship between siblings is not the same relationship between parents and children. And so our relationship together is not the same relationship that we have with our Father. And so we're not praying to each other. We're praying for each other. But we're praying to Him. And then the one that hears in secret will reward you openly. And you say, what does that mean, preacher? Well, there's a whole lot of people have a whole lot of opinions about it. And I don't know all there is to know about it. But I know Wednesday night we come in here and people began to brag on the Lord about what He had done. You say, what happened? He rewarded openly. He answered prayer. And it wasn't that we got glory. And it wasn't that it was because we were something special. There's nothing in here that says we have earned our right or our place. Or the only reason we can pray and have the relationship, the personal time, is because He's our Father. And we didn't make Him our Father. He made us His children. See, we had nothing to do. We have nothing really to do with prayer. We have nothing to do with our relationship. The biggest thing we have to do is to keep ourselves by the help of God and the power of the Spirit out of the rut and out of the routine and out of the formality and just go. You say, what do I do when I go to pray and I don't want to be in the formality and I don't want to be in the routine? All you got to do is tell Him what's on your heart. Talk to Him like He's your Father. It took me a long time to my shame, it took me a long time to learn this type of praying. And I don't know all there is to know about praying. There are people who can pray far better than I, pray more than I. There are people that are better equipped to pray than I because they have sought for it and I've not sought for it like they have. But I'm going to tell you there is a blessedness in the Christian life, walk experience when you learn to pray personal praying. When you can cut the cord on the routine. 
when you can pull up out of the ditch and the rut that we have found ourselves in and praying, and you can pray personally to your Father. When you can skip over the wasted time in routine and formality, and you can get right to the point. I'm going to tell you what it takes to do that. It takes a relationship. I'm going to tell you why many of the people of God, and I'm going to tell you a lot of it was my problem for the first part of my Christian life. The reason many people stay in formality is they lack the relationship daily. And so they feel like to them their God is that far off distant person that they only talk to about twice a week. And so they have to start off with all this introduction and all this ritual and all this routine. I tell you, you can cut that if you'll just spend some time every day with Him. You say, how much time do I have to spend with Him? Whatever the Lord puts in your heart. See, here's the reality. And if you don't get anything else out of what I said this morning, I want you to get this. I can't pray like you. And you can't pray like me. And I shouldn't want necessarily to pray like you. And you shouldn't want necessarily to pray like me. Now I understand that there are some heroes in the faith that we say, I wish I could pray like so and so. I wish I could pray like so and so. And you can when it comes to their relationship. But I talk to my father about my needs. And you talk to yours about yours. And so I can't necess- I can pray for you. And I can pray for God to help you. But in reality, in reality now, it's hard for me to pray about your needs like you pray about your needs. I understand that we're to have the care. I understand what the Apostle Paul said about the body. There's no schism in it. One of the members should have care one for another. When one rejoices, all rejoice. When one suffers, all suffer. But in reality now, <coughs> the way our flesh is set up and our nature is set up, it's very hard to pray about someone else's needs like we do about our own. And that's a natural thing. My children, it's hard for Loretta to care about Naomi's needs like Naomi cares about Naomi's needs. It's hard for Loretta to get the the point across that Naomi needs something to daddy like Naomi can get the point across. Thank God for other people praying. I'm so glad for it. I have failed it in my own life. If no other time I have failed it last night, there have been people that texted me and said they were praying for me and I thank God for it. I believe God honored it and God used it. But the reality is this, if you have a burden, if you have a need, nobody can talk to your father about your need like you can. And the father that seeth and heareth in secret will reward thee openly. It is not that He gives you any glory. He has all the glory. When God answers a prayer for us, it's not that we are glorified. We are strengthened. We are encouraged. We are edified. He is glorified. So when we come into the church on Wednesday night and people begin to thank the Lord for answering prayer, you know what happened? The body of the church was edified. We were lifted up. We were encouraged. We were strengthened. We were rewarded openly. We didn't get any of the glory. 
We didn't share in the glory. We don't deserve any of the glory. We didn't answer the prayer. God did. And what Brother Tim said this morning is right. It's hard for us to wrap our mind around. But God doesn't just move on things just because we pray. But He chooses to because we pray. He chooses to do that. He, we can't make God do anything. We cannot twist the arm of God to make Him do what we want Him to do. And many times when we pray, and I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with it, it's just our way of thinking. We go to God and we tell Him how we think He ought to do it. And He may or may not answer that way. It's up to Him. His plan is best. But He doesn't answer prayer just because you prayed. He answers prayer because He loves you. And He cares about you. And He answers prayer and allows you to pray. And He answers your prayer so that you and the body of Christ can be edified. That's what comes out of answered prayer for us. Go home and think about it. Think about it right now. How many times have you been strengthened in your faith any more than when God answered a prayer you prayed? So one of the greatest strengthening factors of our faith is for God to move in love and mercy upon the prayer that we have prayed and know that we have prayed and God answers our prayer. It will edify you. It, it is a quick trip out of discouragement. Is when God answers a prayer, you will find encouragement real fast. It is a quick trip to strength and faith. I don't know when we think and meditate on the fact of who we are and who He is and He will look down in love and mercy and compassion and hear and answer our prayer. But ultimately, prayers being answered is for the glorification of our Father. He answers prayer for us We get edification, we get encouragement, we get excitement, we get strength. And too often, we come into the house of God and the Lord says, won't you tell everybody what I did for you? And we pull back the reins real fast. And what we don't realize we're doing in pulling back the reins is we are attempting to pull the glorification out of God answering our prayer. He rewarded us openly. And now we're to praise Him, I believe, openly. It may not be every prayer that God answers that He puts it on your heart to praise Him for. And that's okay. As far as public praise, but I do think that every prayer God answers, and we all fall short. I do. He answers prayers sometimes, and I don't even realize what He's done. You say, preacher, how can you say that? Because I'm flesh, and so are you. But everyone He brings to my attention, I want to do my best, whether privately or publicly, to tell Him thank you for answering my prayer. He said, your father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. One writer said this, and I like what he said. He said, God rewards His people openly while we're here upon the earth. But he said, there will come a day whether the reward is here or not. He said, before all men, all angels, all heavenly bodies, all creations and all creatures, 
God will reward His people openly in that great payday in glory. And I'm going to tell you, regardless of whether or not we get much reward down here, there's coming a reward day over yonder. I don't know if it's helped your heart. I hope it has. I want it to. I want God to take it in your heart like He put it in mine about praying. I want God to change our focus together about and change it from the ritual and the routine and the rut and the form and the fashion and not go to our prayer place the same tomorrow as we did today and yesterday. Have that personal prayer, that intimate prayer. This relationship that we have with the Lord is a very intimate thing. If you study the Word in Revelation chapter 3, I know there are a lot of definitions to the Word, but if you study the Word in Revelation chapter 3 where the Lord said He was at the door knocking, if any man would hear His voice open the door, He'd come in and sup with Him. If you look up the word sup in the Greek, it's the most intimate fellowship that can be enjoyed between two parties around the table. It's a personal thing. It's not an invitation where you invite everybody. It is just a personal thing between you and God. This life of prayer, thank God for public prayer, thank God for collective prayer, thank God for altar prayer. But the reality is this, the true prayer life is a personal thing that exists between you and God. And your mama can't make up on your prayer life and your daddy can't make up for your prayer life, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter. It must be you and God. You and your Father. Jesus said when you pray, pray to thy Father. He made it very personal unto us. And so I pray this morning that the word on prayer sent from the Lord to your heart and mine will encourage us and help us as we pray, as we maintain this fellowship, this relationship between us and our Father. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you this morning. Lord, I'm so thankful for the privilege to come.